April 12, 2022, in Masechet Sanhedrin, and if you're in the wide lines, count down nine lines down, what's it, the third word on the line, Amar Bitzhak Maidichtiv, Amar Bitzhak Maidichtiv, what is it that the Pasuk is referring to in, in Hoshea, when it says, Ve'ata Yosifu Lahato Ve'ya'asu Lahem Masecha Mikaspam Kitbunam and so forth. The Pasuk describes Am Yisrael's sin with Avodah uh, Zarah. But the initial parts of the Pasuk, as we mentioned yesterday, are somewhat easy to understand. They're continuing to sin. They've constructed for themselves Masecha. We have that word in the context of the Egel. Egel Masecha. It's a graven image. Mikaspam, from their silver. Kitvunam. Atzabim, and those next words, kitvunam atzabim, are a little bit difficult to understand. Kitvunam ilashon kitab, it sounds like something that's written or, uh, or crafted in a written fashion. Atzabim, generally speaking, is an image as well. We assume it's avodazara. My kitvunam atzabim, what's the reference at the end of the pasuk of kitvunam atzabim? Melamech kolechad vechad asa demut yirato umanichah bekiso. Beshaashe zochra motzi'a mitoch heko mechabbeka. That's what we mentioned yesterday. It's a description of they made kitvunam, kitvunam, instead of understanding it as something that's written, it's so to speak something that's uh, the picture of it or the shape of it. Great. They sh- the shape of their avodazara they made for themselves, a miniature, a microcosm of their avodazara. They placed it in their, this is the Am Yisrael during that time period, placed it in their pockets during times in which they're feeling the love or the fear of that God, with a lowercase g. They would take it out and hug it and kiss it. In other words, that's Yosifu Lahato. Not only are they sinning with actual Avodazara, but the derivatives of Avodazara as well. They carry it around with them, a miniature, to remember and to deal with and to hug and to kiss at all times. The end of the Pasuk, though, says, My, what does the end of the Pasuk mean when it says, Zovehe Adam Agalim Yishakun? Pasuk says, Zovehe Adam. We know Zovehe, at this point we already know that word. Zibuach means to slaughter, Masechet Zivachim. The slaughtering, Zovehe Adam, those who slaughter human beings. Agalim, sounds like Milashon Egel, Milashon a calf or calves. Yishakun, they kiss. What's that a reference to? Slaughtering human beings and kissing calves. Amar b'itzhak, dever b'ameh. B'itzhak quoted in the name of the Bet Mitrash of Rabbi Ameh. Shehayu mesharete avodat kochavim notinim en enehem be mamon. This is what we described at the end of class yesterday. The ba'ale avodat kochavim or the mesharete avodat kochavim. Those who were in charge of administering the avodat zarah, they would uh, seek out and they would... They would uh, determine and find the wealthy people, and as a result, they would manipulate the system to make money off of the wealthy people. They would starve the uh, the agalim, the avodazara uh, calves that they had, actual animals. And in turn, they would then uh, shape. They would then uh, craft some sort of image of those wealthy people. Evus is the place where the trough is where the animal eats from. So again, the animal doesn't have all that much food. Every time it comes to find food, it looks up and it sees the image of the wealthy person and gets very excited and it realizes and understands that the food is coming from that wealthy person. And then they'd open up the cages, open up the troughs and allow those animals out. And 
lahutz, and then these mishareti avodah would let the uh, the calves out into the open. Kevan and they would then find and realize and uh, seek out the wealthy people. Rasina harehen mashmishin bahen. They would run after the wealthy people and start nuzzling their noses into them, almost kissing them. Omrim lo, the Misharete Avodah Zarah, the administers of the Avodah Zarah, would turn to the wealthy people in their manipulative state, and they would say, Avodat Kochavim Hafetz Becha. You see, the gods, the, uh, of course, Avodat Kochavim is the way we're describing, but they would say, the gods are interested in you. Yavo lo, and in turn, they would bring themselves to slaughter themselves, kill themselves, for the Avodah Zarah, and of course the money that was left over went to the estate of the Avodah Zarah as well as a way of manipula- manipulating the system. This is the suggestion of Rabbi Yitzhak in the name of Dever Bi'ameh as to what does it mean they slaughter human beings and kiss calves. The claim is, who's kissing whom in this imagery? It's the calves which are kissing the human beings, right? They're slaughtering human beings because the calves of Avodah Zarah came and kissed the human beings because they were all excited about them. Amar Rava says Rava to be its hot. He says, I can't accept that interpretation. The Pasuk doesn't say the calves are kissing the human beings. The Pasuk says, Agalim Yishakun. It sounds like the human beings are kissing the calves. Where do you find the circumstance in your imagery, in your description, creative as it may be, where human beings are kissing calves? Hi, if that were the case, the Pasuk should say, Zovehe Adam Agalim Yishakun. The calves are kissing. Instead, the Pasuk says, Agalim, uh, 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 huh? excuse me, Agalim Yishakun, Agalim Yishakun The Pasuk should say it differently. It should say, Agalim Yishakun. It should say that the calves kiss the human beings in order to bring forth the slaughtering of the human beings. That's not what the Pasuk says. The Pasuk says that they slaughter the human beings, which brings to calves kissing. It's not the case. Again, one more time, the ordering of the Pasuk is faulty. If you're telling me we bring the calves to kissing, to, to cozying up with the human beings, which in turn brings the human beings to slaughtering themselves, the Pasuk should read as follows. It should read that the calves come and kiss, Human beings kiss them, whatever the case is, and then they slaughter themselves too. It's not the way the pasuk goes. Ela, they're actually killing themselves. They're bringing themselves. I mean, you know, willingly kill themselves. There you go. Says says Jesse, are you really that excited? Really that surprised by? It? it happens to be I was a little surprised by it, but you gave us a little perspective. He's right. People kill themselves all the time today. People kill themselves l'shem l'shem Elohim and l'shem Elohim Achirim. Okay, once upon right. Well, this was giving themselves up for a greater good. That's right, themselves. The person who's worshiping, worshiping the Avodah Zarah is. Oh, so that's who the Zovehe Adam is? That's how you're interpreting it? The Zovehe Adam or the Misharete Avodah Zarah? All right. Um, I mean, because the, the Lashon of the Gemara was Yavo Vizbah Atzmo. 
sounds like you slaughtered yourself. I don't know if Art School is explaining it differently. certainly sounds like they're slaughtering themselves, but maybe it means they're allowing for others to slaughter them, and in turn, the Zover Adam or the Mishadate Avodah Either way you slice it, it says the Gemara, Ela Amar Rava, Rava's interpretation instead, less creative, a little less exciting. The description is one in which maybe, maybe a little bit more uh, recognizable. You're slaughtering your children. Now this one we kind of know, we're familiar with already. The Torah prohibits this. We know there's something called ma'avir bin olam molech. There's some, such a concept of bringing your child and burning it or slaughtering it. L'shem avodah l'shem eluhim achirim. It's part of the challenge of akedat Yitzchak in which the true God is demanding that and Abraham has been railing against it throughout. But the statement in turn is, the circumstance is those who are bringing their children to slaughter them, that's the zovech adam. In turn, when they brought their child to slaughter to the Abu Dazarah, the Misharete Abu Dazarah would turn to them and say, Doron Gadol, you're bringing quite a present. Look at what you just gave. Don't stop there. Now go and kiss the Abu Dazarah as well. And that was the next stage, which sounds a little anticlimactic. In other words, you're describing they slaughtered their child. Oh, and they kissed the Abu Dazarah. That's something to write home about. The biggest issue is that they slaughtered the animal. In the eyes of many of the Jewish thinkers, specifically the Mekubalim, this kissing specifically has, so to speak, the lowest of the low in terms of degrading yourself and bringing yourself into the depths and plunging into the filth of Avodazara. It's the way the Chachamim in one Midrash have that the Erev Rav kissed the Egel HaZahav. Uh, the golden calf wasn't just worshipped, it wasn't just danced around, but it was kissed, so to speak, that kissing brings it to the lowest of depths. That's the description over here. We learned earlier that if you're mehabek or minashek to the avodah zarah, what the halacha is. But over here, what I'm saying is, once you killed your child, you know, oh, but on the cherry on top will be if you kiss the avodah Really, I would have said that was the stage before. And slaughtering your child is the worst of the worst. The vision is kissing the avodah zarah, so to speak, a stage further. You kiss the avodah zarah, you have this intimate uh, encounter with it. Uh, it can't get worse than that. Amar Rav Amarav, the Gemara now for the next several lines, describes, and uh, well, just a few lines of this, we'll r- race through it somewhat quickly, describes Pesukim in which different avodah zarah is described in Nevi'im, and described in, in Nevi'im and Ketubim, and in turn we're going to try to explain what that Avodah Zarah really looked like. Amarav Rav Yehuda, Amarav Ve'anshel Bavel Asu et Sukot Benot. Pasuk in Sefer Melachim Bet says that the people of Bavel, during the time of Sanherev, they constructed Sukot Benot. That's the name of their Avodah Zarah. Umayniyu, what did it look like? What was the image of Sukot Benot, that Avodah Zarah? Tarnegolet, it was a female chicken. Why Sukkot Benot? Maybe Sukkot Benot Vesachota. Sukkah is something that hovers above, and maybe their, their wings or their being hover above the, the chicks and the eggs, and as a result, it's known as Sukkot Benot. Next, the Pasuk says further, the Pasuk says further in, in, in the next Pasuk there, uh, describing the ways of Avodah Zarah during that time period, it says, Ve'anshe Kud Asuet Nargal. And so says the Gemara, what did Nargal look like? Umay nihu? Tarnegol. Nargal was an idol which is in the shape of a, I guess a hen, right? It's the male chicken. 
Tarnegol from Nargal. You switch around the letters a little bit. Sounds and looks exactly like Tarnegol, perhaps. Then the Pasuk says, Ve'anshe, says furthermore, Ve'anshe Hamat, the people of Hamat, their own Avodah Zarah Asu, et Ashima. What did Ashima look like? Another way of Avodah Zarah, the Goyim during that time period. Umaynihu Barha Karha. Rashi says it's an ez, that's a goat. Barha explains Rashi as a general word for cattle. Barha can describe any son. Karha, kereach, means bold, says, or, or lacking hair, says Rashi. A goat, in contrast to many of the other cattle animals, has less hair, and as a result, a goat, an ez, is referred to as a barha karha. And then the Pasuk says, veha avim asu, and it says, nivhaz ve'et, Tartak, they had two Avodazara, these Goyim, who were known as the Avim. What are Nivhan, excuse me, Nivhaz, and that should change, Nivhaz and Tartak, Umaynihu. Kelev, Nivhaz is a Kelev, is a dog. Vehamor, Tartak, is a donkey. Why are they referred to as such? Not fully certain. Maybe Nivhaz. Uh, I don't know. Hamor uh, is easy. I think I once it's a sort. It's a notricon. It's teretik. The way donkeys until today carry around their burdens as they have two burdens on two sides in order to equal it out. Tere in Aramaic means two, and tik, of course, is a, is a pouch, is a, is a bag of some sort. So perhaps the uh, donkey was known as tartak, the two uh, burdens. Okay, next says the pasuk describing other avodazara, uh, veha sefarvim, sorefim et benehem baesh le adramelech va'anamelech. So these safravim, or safravim, they would burn their children, their sons, in fire to their avodazara. What were their avodazara known as? Adramelech and Anamelech, says the Elohe Sefarvim, the Pasuk concludes. Those were the gods of the Sefarvim. Again, another one of these sect and nations during this time period. What were these avodazaras of theirs? We understand the worship, burning children. What did they look like? Umaynihu hapered vehasus. Pered is a mule. Sus, of course, is a horse. So it means that the first one, first one, Adramelech is a mule, and Anamelech is a sus, is a horse, explains the Gemara. Adramelech ha'ader le lemare. The reason Adramelech, which was a mule, was known as Adramelech is because ader, milashon hidur, to, to glorify, mare means its master, means mules have a way of, I don't know, giving honor to their master. They ride around on their mule. I don't know. Okay. Beteina, they carry their things. So it means you carry your stuff on your mule, it gives you some sort of honor. Anamelech, why was the horse god known as Anamelech? De'anele lemare bekarva, because it would, so to speak, respond or defend its master in krava. Krava refers to a fight, like krav maga. Kerav means during wars, you would bring your horses. Okay. Then the Gemara continues and it's concluded. Interesting. Says Nathan, have you noticed the description of, well, it describes the nature of the God, but by so doing, fascinatingly, it's almost describing the Avodazara as serving the master in this context. Because if you're envisioning and realizing that it's this animal, which we're in turn understanding, 
the question is, did they refer to their gods as such, or do we refer to their gods as such? So certainly if we refer to their gods, it's a way of degrading. If they did, it gives a little bit of a backwards uh, theology and philosophy to them that their gods are serving them. Very interesting. Continues the Gemara of Hizkiah, Melch Yehuda, Bikesh Aviv, La'asot Loken. Hizkiah, the king of Yehuda, his father Ahaz, says the Gemara, wanted to do so to him. To do what? To be ma'avir him through fire, to kill him in fire for the gods. Ela shesachato imo salamandara. Says the Gemara, however, his mother had a way of saving him. Uh, before we understand what a salamandara is, uh, where, where are we coming up with this? We've been citing Pesukim throughout. All of a sudden we just, so it could be it's just Masoret. Rashi cites a Pasuk from Melachim Bet, which says, Gamet beno he'evir ba'esh. Pasuk says about Ahaz, the father of Chizkiah, that his son, he uh, ran through fire, or he brought through fire. Says Rashi, we don't know of any other sons that Ahaz had. So it stands to reason, says Rashi, it's a reference to Hiskiyah. And to be ma'aviret bin all meant he brought his fire, his son through fire, but his son didn't die. That's how the Gemara is deriving this. Again, it could have been just masoret of some sort of tradition. Rashi has a pasuk. What does it mean that his mother saved him with salamandara? That's the Gemara at the end of Masechet Hagigan, Daf Kafzayin. The Gemara describes some sort of, again, I, there's going to be a lot in the ensuing lines here in the Gemara that I won't be able to actually explain, but I'll be able to speak. And Hamevin, uh, and maybe they'll explain it to me, but Salamandara on Davkav Zayin Masechet Hagigah describes a small animal, a Hayaketana, who uh, brought through a fire in an oven which was lit straight for seven years straight. And in such a circumstance, if you take that animal and you put it into the oven, the animal's blood, if you put it over something, it makes it uh, decombustible. It makes it that you can't light it on fire. So the description in turn is that the mother of Hizkiah took this salamandara, took the blood from it, sprinkled it or spilled it over her son and prior to her, prior to her husband bringing him through the fire for the Avodah and in turn his life was spared. I don't know, maybe if you find the salamandara you could save lots of lives, or alternatively, there's something else at play over here. I can't tell you exactly, maybe in Masechet Hadiga we'll be able to, people who learned the daf recently, maybe they'll be able to explain it to you with greater depth. Now the Gemara is finished with those descriptions of Abu Dazara. Now it deals with a, uh, a fundamental issue. Did we ever, as a nation, actually fall prey to Avodazara? It's a very well-known Gemara right here. And that is, the suggestion will be we were never actually lured, or at least in the initial stages, by Avodazara. So why did we, over the course of so many years, in Sefer Melachim, fall prey to Avodazara? Amar Av Yehuda, Amar Av, Yodi'in hayu Yisrael ba'avodat kochavim she'en ba'mamash. Rav Yudah, in the name of Rav, says, come on, you think we ever fell prey to actual Avodah Zarah? We always knew, en bo mamash. We always knew there was no substance, there was no utility or reality and essence to the Avodah Zarah. So why did we worship it? Velo avdu avodat kochavim, ele lahatir lahem arayot befarhesya. It's a well-known line here in the Gemara of Rav Yudah, Marav. The only reason we went to the Avodah Zarah was to get out of 
our guilt and our sanctions against our actual lust and desire. What was our actual lust and desire? Arayot, the ways of uh, lust and desire and uh, sexual promiscuity. By going to Abu Dazara, we no longer had the guilt, we no longer had the system ra- uh, uh, raised above us, and as a result, we were able to do kita'avat libenu, we went after whatever woman we were interested in, which means to say Abu Dazara was only a means to Gilui uh, Arayot. What's that? So that's what Morris is, is, is mentioning as well. Right, in other words, the ways of the Abu Dazara over there at the end, uh, uh, right before Parashat Pinehas, at the end of, uh, right, so to, to, to what, what your suggestion suggests, the end of Parashat Balak, what you're suggesting is we see with Benot Moav as well, we only want to get to the sexuality of those women, we allowed for Abu Dazara as our segue to it. We will only have two scenes that the Beit HaMidash was destroyed for. It would have been Giluyah and murder, not. Unless, because Abu Dazara is saying, it has to do with intention. It has to, in other words, so, so, so it's a great point. And in the ensuing lines of the Gemara, Jesse, will really answer your question, although we won't direct it in, in that fashion. What the Gemara will say is once they got involved with the Abu Dazara, then they fell into the trap. In other words, that was the initial inspiration. It reminds it reminds me of you know the, the, these well-known stories in which uh, there's a person who went off the derech, who's not Shomer Torah Mitzvot, who comes to the rabbi and says, I have all sorts of doubts and questions about Judaism, about Torah, about Mitzvot. And the question always is, did you have these questions before you had the first cheeseburger or after? In other words, are these questions only as a way of taking away the guilt of your lust and desire? Or did you actually have these questions and that's what led you into it? And generally speaking, the assumption is it's after Afterwards, you fell prey to your desires, to your lust, and to your hedonistic drives. And in turn, now, okay, now I'm not interested. So that's the suggestion here of Rav Yudah Marav. The Gemara will challenge it along the lines of Jesse with several claims that it appears that we were actually fully and in- intentfully involved with Abu Dazara. Mativ Rav Meshar Rav Meshar asks from this Pasuk in Sefer Yirmiyah, Kizkor Benehem Mizbechotam. The Pasuk says, the memory of the altars of the Avodah Zarah was like the memories of longing for a child. It sounds like we were very interested in the Avodah Zarah. The Mizbechot, the altars, were a deep part of our hearts. We were very excited, we were very longing for them, just like a person longs for their son if they haven't seen him for some time. Right, the statement of Rabbi Lazar and interpreting it is exactly as I just uh, told you, it's a person who has gaguin. Gagea means to long for a person who has those pangs for the child. They loved Abu Dazarawa. No, clearly, they had lust for the Abu Dazara itself. In other words, if you're telling me the Abu Dazara, not for the Arayot, they actually wanted the Abu Dazara, answers the Gemara, and this is what I was telling Jesse a moment ago. Batar means after the Avikube. Aviku milashon vayeaveki shimo means to become entangled with. Once they became entangled with the Avodah Zarah, although the initial stage was only to get me out of this, 
We then bought into the system, which means to say, Rav Marav wasn't saying throughout, we never believed in the Avodah Zarah. We began the system just to get to the Gilui Arayot. Once we got into it, we were fully a part of it. Of course you're going to love it, but maybe you'll love the lifestyle. Do you actually, That's right. But the statement over here is not only you're off the hook, you actually bought into the system in belief. What's that? And I understand. I love, but again, the statement here is once you got trapped by the women, and let's say it's entrenched, and you have a lifestyle, and your children are born, born into that, it becomes a part of it. But also, the Chabam didn't be forced in Israel, so it had nothing to do with girls. He put the idols up everywhere. He wouldn't go to the Midrash. Right. I mean, it would be the same answer. Batavda Avikube. Once we were fully into it, we were going full throttle. Pasuk says in the Tochehan, I think, right? The Pasuk says, I will, I will place your carcasses, in other words, your dead bodies, on top of Gilulechem, the carcasses of your idols, your disgusting things. In other words, you're going to fall dead on top of your Avodah Zarah. All right, so what does that mean? The Gemara is going to tell a story to explain it. Again, your carcass, you're going to die on top of your Avodah Zarah. tells the Gemara story. Amar Eliyahu has Amar. It must be changed this. Amru, they told, Eliyahu has Sadiq Hayame Hazer al Tifuhir Av Shabirushalayim. At the time of destruction, first Beit HaMikdash, Eliyahu has Sadiq, ostensibly a reference to Eliyahu Navi, was Mehazer. He was searching, he was walking around Tifuhir. Tafuah uh, means uh, swollen. So the sw- those who were swollen from hunger in Jerusalem. So there's people all over the place swollen in hunger, and Eliyahu Navi is walking amongst them. Pamahat masatinok tafuah mutal beashpa. He finds a young lad, a young man, a tinok, who's uh, all swollen from uh, from starvation, and he's in the uh, dung. He's in the uh, garbage dump. Amarlo Eliyahu Sadik says to mishpahata. Oh, what family are you from? Amarlo Mimishbahaplonit. He says, from whatever family he's from. He mentions the family name. Ani, that's the family I'm from. Amarlo says, Eliyahu Kelum Nishtayin Meotamishbaha. Is there any remaining survivors from that family? Anyone alive from your family? Amarlo, love. He says, no, many aside from me. So again, destruction second, mid to Mikdash. Eliyahu finds this young man, realizes and understands he's the only sole survivor from the family. Amarlo, is this them? If I teach you a way to survive, if I teach you a method with which you'll be able to derive and continue with life, will you learn it from me? Will you practice it? Amar lo hen, says the child, of course, I'd be very excited about that. Amar lo emor bechol yom shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad, says them, say every day, shema. Amar lo, the child responds, has, shelola haskir shem Hashem. He says, uh, I, I would not like to, or Bishem Hashem. He uh, says, uh, Has means be quiet. Shetok says Rashi, like Vayahas Kalev Etaam. Has means to quiet. So the child quickly responds, he retorts to Eliyahu, be quiet. I don't want to mention that name. 
Explains the Gemara, because his parents hadn't taught him to do so. As this child is listening to Eliyahu and realizing and understanding he's speaking something that feels dangerous to him, he grabs his security blanket. What's his security blanket? His Avodah idol, the, his small one that he kept in his pocket. Remember, we talked about this at the beginning of the Gemara today. Uh, he starts hugging and kissing it, trying to derive some sort of security and safety from it until his belly opens up and, and uh, I guess uh, explodes of some sort and his avodazara falls out of his hand onto the, onto the ground and he in turn falls onto it this was a fulfillment of that pasuk so again so the Gemara mentioning this story is in the context of understanding this is a person so entrenched in Abu Dazara that Eliyahu turns to him and says to him, just say Shema Yisrael and you'll derive and you'll be able to have life and he won't do so. So clearly the guy is really full throttle in Abu Dazara. He's not doing this for Gilui Arayot. Answers the Gemara again, Batar de Avikube. This was after they became entrenched in it. Once they got into the system, they fell prey to the system. They started to make up some sort of theology, some sort of philosophy to believe in the system. It, it, it reminds me of the way Harambam describes this. It's not everyone agrees this, but Harambam from 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 Avotir Binatan. We had these sects during the time of the second Beit Hamikdash, the Sidukim and the Baitusim. And Harambam, quoting from Avotir Binatan, he says that they fell prey. They made a mistake in their rabbi's words. Their rabbi was Antignos Ish Soho, the beginning of Pekei Avot, and he says, Al tiyu ka'avadim ha-meshameshin et-arav amenat de-kabel peras, ela yu ka'avadim ha-meshameshin et-arav amenat she'lo de-kabel peras. You should worship God so that, or without in mind, that you're going to get reward, as opposed to those who worship him in order to get reward. They exclaim, let din v'let dayan. This is all a hoax. It's all a fake out. There's no one who's going to give us reward. That's how why our rabbi is telling us, don't worship him for reward. Because there is no reward, says Avot Rebinatan, and they went off and became Sadok and Baitos. Says Harambam, but wait a second, Sadok and Baitos aren't atheists per se. Sadok and Baitos are the ones who interpret the Torah in the most literal fashion. I don't, I'm, I'm a little confused. If they so began with some sort of atheism because they believe, let din dayan, why they then, says Harambam, they started in such a fashion to get the people to come to them. They lured the people in by saying, here's our methodology to the Torah. Of course, the mission is to take them off of it. As people get into the system, the vision is, they would be taken off of it. But in this specific context, the Shema Yisrael, Adonai Luhino, Adonai Ahad reference, is of course reminiscent of the story I love to tell of Rablazer Silver after the Holocaust. He goes back into Europe. Rablazer Silver, who was a rabbi in Cincinnati, who was a rabbi in Europe before the war, absolute brilliant Gaon Torah, but he also was very involved in war efforts in terms of saving Jews after World War II, after the Holocaust. And he goes into the monasteries in, in Europe and searches for the Jews, and he's told, because that was the Pope's word at the time, we're not giving back any of the Jews who gave their children to the monasteries in order to save them during the war. They've been baptized, they're a part of our nation. 
They lost their identity. In the Christian world, and as a result, don't allow access and don't don't give uh, don't give access to the records or to the children. So he requests, as did others, as the story goes. I heard it from his grandchild verifying the truth that I could just stand in front of them. And they said, "Well, we don't have any Jewish names any longer. Everyone has these Christian names. I don't know, Christopher and Timothy or whatever." And so he says, "I just want a few minutes with them." And he walks in and he screams out, "Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad." Shweki has a song about this now today. And in turn, they start crying one by one. And as a result, he realizes that one's a Jew and another one because just they're being brought up. It's a Gemara Masechet Sukan Daf Membet that when a child is able to speak, you're supposed to teach them Shema Yisrael. So if those are the words that are Shagur Befinu from a young age, it becomes part and parcel who we are. As a result, if the children were giving up, given up at the age of two, at the age of three, it just was a part of who they were. As a result, our Gemara, which says that uh, why wasn't he able to say Shem Hashem who said his father who said his parents didn't teach him if his parents had taught him he'd be able to just recite that that's why the Gemara says clearly Avodah was so trenchant they weren't saying Shem who said the parents hadn't taught him if the parents had taught him if he was saying it before he went to sleep at night if he was saying it in the morning this would not be an issue to the extent that there's a visceral reaction I don't say such a thing it just becomes ingrained in who we are of course a message in terms of child rearing and, and, and education, the more we just talk about certain principles as if they just are, as they are, the more they become part and parcel who the child and human being is. Tashema says the Gemara onward, another proof from this Beraita, and the Beraita describes Vayiz'aku bekol gadol el Adonai Elohehem. Says, says the Gemara that uh, the, the, this circumstance is one in which Anshe Knesset HaGidola, as Rashi points out, cried out in the days of Ezra and Nehemiah, Bekol Gadol, they called out in a loud voice to, to God, to the true God, My Emur, what were they calling out? This is the leadership during the second incoming, when we're making our way back to Eretz Yisrael in the time of Ezra and Nehemiah. What are they calling out to God? Amar of Yudav, Itemar Bionatan, Baya Baya, Baya Baya is a way of saying, uh, um, uh, what we would say, boo-hoo. Uh, crying, they're crying out. Uh, what are they crying about? Hainu da'achreveh this is what destroyed the bayit, the house, meaning the Beit HaMikdash, and burnt the Hechal, of course the Kodesh HaKodashim, vekatlinhu lesadikeh, and it killed the righteous ones, veaglinu Israel and exiled Am Yisrael me'ara'ayhu, from their land, veadayinhu, this is all a reference to the, the Yeser Hara, veadayinhu meraked benan, it's still dancing amongst us, so this is Anshe Knesset HaGedolah, during the time of return to Eretz Yisrael, they're crying out to God and they're saying, we have an issue. It's endemic to who we are and that's called Yeser Hara for Avodah Zarah. We don't, we're getting there, we're getting there, we're getting there. They're crying to, this is the Gemara, this is the one you like to quote. Uh, and the ensuing lines, which we won't see today, Mars, exactly what you like to quote to me, what we've talked about. Anyway, they're crying out to God and saying, you want to know what did us in? You want to know why we're in this sorry state? Because of this Yeser Hara to Avodah Zarah. Uh, didn't you give us this Yetzir Hara, this evil inclination to Abu Dazara, 
Yehavte give land to us, to receive agra means a reward. Isn't the whole reason we have this temptation to get a reward? We can't sustain it. In other words, you give us challenges to overcome. We can't overcome this one. God, please. We'll take, take away the challenge and remove the opportunity for reward because we can't overcome this. So take away the Yeser Hara for Avodah Zarah. In turn, the Gemara is question, questioning again. You told me Avodah Zarah was never actually something we were interested in. So then why are they screaming to God and requesting and beseeching that he get rid of Avodah Zarah? Answers the Gemara. Batar de Avikube. Of course, this is not in the initial stages. This is once we're entrenched in it when Avodah Zarah becomes a reality for us. The Gemara continues and it says, Yatvu. Okay, so that's we dealt really with the Avodah Zarah business. It says the Gemara onward. You want to stop here? All right, we're going to stop here. We'll continue tomorrow. The Gemara continues and it talks about the Yezer Hara for the Gidui Arayot as well. Baruch Atmai Amen. Amen.